Hi, this is Britt Gaddish from the Art Department on Terrifier 2, and you're listening to Horror Homeschool. Hi everybody, it's Weird Chris Wakefield laughing and scratching at you. And and it's Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've got a great show here for you today. We are concluding Musical March and indeed Kyle season with the Little Shop of Horrors remake, uh, which was yet again based off a Broadway musical, much like Sweeney Todd. And... I, kept, I kept calling it the Little House of Horrors. And then... <laughs> It's because there's a uh, movie called The Greatest Whorehouse in Texas or something with um, Dolly, Parton. Dolly Parton. And so I just, for, for some reason, kept getting those two names mixed up in my head. And I was like, we're going to watch The Little House of Horrors and, or Horrors. And yeah, anyways. Well, I mean, we can do that at some point. That sounds like a blast, that film. Um, I, I like Dolly Parton and I like Horrors, so I'm sure I like that film. Um, but as, uh, as you yeah, may have just heard, um, some barking and uh, whoever said <laughs> Dolly Parton, we have two special guests joining us today. We have Taff the dog and making his triumphant return hot off the back of the Gremlins episode. Welcome back to the pod. Ride or die, Ryan Horn. Hey, thank you. I apparently like it uh, when you know people buy uh, creatures from a chinese guy <laughs> and it winds up ruining the whole movie or yeah so. yeah it's a theme, there you I go guess. that's and a theme for you <laughs> from 80s movies as well what's the deal ryan <laughs> i was born in 1980 so you know whatever um ryan what's your thought on uh, uh big trouble in little china I'm liking it more the, the more I see it. I didn't grow up with it, but... Um, yeah, me neither. I, like, I saw it as an yeah. adult, and I was like, um... <laughs> I've still not seen it, but I yeah. really like Kurt Russell, so... I you should. It it's like one of those, like, you you need to see it type of movies, I think. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's one of those that's growing on me. I did, it's one that I didn't watch as a kid at all, but definitely growing on me. So, this movie... Um, it was released in America on December the 19th, 1986, and in the UK a month later on January 27th, 1987. Um, it is written by Howard Ashman and directed by Yoda, Miss Piggy, and Fozzie Bear himself, Frank Oz. <laughs> um, <and laughs> synopsis is as follows. A nerdy florist finds his chance for success and romance with the help of a giant man-eating plant who demands to be fed. I mean, that's that summarized it, up, yeah. it pretty well. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I love the fact that this is by Frank Oz 
because I mean he's great. Uh, you know, I love him as Yoda, and I just didn't realize he had so many fingers and so many pies over the years. <laughs> Ew, that sounds yeah. gross. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a what? saying fingers for you guys? Fingers Have you not heard pies? about fingers and pies before? No, That's but it British just reminds thing. me of American Pie. <laughs> oh god, yeah, I guess it does hold a different meaning for you guys. Yeah, if you've got stuff going on, like if you're involved in a lot of things, you've got uh, fingers in a lot of pies. I think we just say you got your hands full. Yeah, you got your hands full there. Bless your heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we like we like fingering pies over here for some reason. <laughs> um, well, I mean, we call um, we have those fanny packs, and fanny means something completely different <laughs> to you guys than it does yeah. to us. Fanny's a front bottom over here. Yeah. Well, I guess like, technically it could be the same thing here because that's what you put. That's where you put it. You put it in your front, and it's like a pouch. But I don't know. <laughs> this episode's gone off the rails. I'm sorry. Early. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> well, um, yeah. The reason why we've got Ryan on this episode is because he is the fountain of all knowledge when it comes to '80s puppet horror movies. I guess. Um, I love it. So. Sure. He he's full of full of knowledge of uh, the trivia of this movie. So uh, educate us, Ryan. So this was an off Broadway play, um, or they say I guess off off Broadway. It's a small play that had been going on for four years before it was a movie, uh, and the play is based on a old Roger Corman movie from nineteen sixty. I don't have that written down. I think that's what it is. Nineteen sixty. Yeah, I almost played that one on accident. Because um, that was the only that, thing that popped up on my TV, and I started playing it, and then it started playing like the real time old timey music, and I was like, "No, that's not it." <laughs> yeah, that's that's that the real. Little Shop of Horrors, not to be confused with Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah, <laughs> as of the uh, in front of it. Yeah, known for a few things, it was pretty much he had a set. Uh, Roger Corman had a set to use, and he filmed it. I think it's only like in two days or something. He filmed that original, and uh, Jack Nicholson has a. Uh, the bill uh bill murray part so he's the patient at the dentist's office <laughs> um, i need to and, watch this is it any good it's you know an old campy horror movie if you've seen any other roger corman it's similar to that i mean does um, it have um the same songs in or is it different oh no no it's not a musical oh okay interesting yeah. so ashman and mankin took the pl- uh, that movie and made it and i don't know how they decided oh this would work as a musical uh, no, oh, just, uh, so they made that into a Broadway, basically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I see. I wonder how they decide that with any movie. I mean, they just did Mean Girls as a musical and Heather's as a musical, and I'm like, how? <laughs> yeah, it's. I'm not really sure, but uh, the uh, Jack Nicholson part, like, I just think it's funny since he's the most well-known person in it. If you look at old like VHS covers, um, he's on the cover of all the boxes, and he's yeah. only in the movie for like two minutes. But it's like <laughs> starting Jack Nicholson, and it's like, you know if you get it thinking expecting a Jack Nicholson movie, you know be like oh he has a cameo, he's in here for like, yeah. literally one scene. <laughs> that was uh, funny. I just remember as a kid it being in the video store, and I'm like oh my god, I want to see this Jack Nicholson movie. I never fell for it though. It wasn't much later that I saw it, but. Uh, yeah, I've always been like, oh, I need to see the Jack Nicholson one, thinking that he plays the part of Seymour or something, you know? Nope, nope. And uh, the guy that was in a bunch of Joe Dante movies, uh, Dick Miller, he's in it briefly as well. Um, is that he, the uh, guy that was in Gremlins as the neighbor? 
Yeah, Mr. Futterman. Yeah, but he's in every Joe Dante movie, but he's in that Roger Corman movie. He's a uh, flower shop customer who eats the the flowers. He buys them to eat them. I'm not really sure. It's a weird role, but uh, he's in it for a bit too. Nice. Um, yeah, so they took it and made it into this movie. Uh, Ashman and Mankin uh, are pretty famous. Uh, I don't know if you guys know that they went on to do like the three big Disney movies, Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, and Aladdin. Oh, nice. Those are like my favorite Disney movies. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so they did the songs Ashman, for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and wrote, I guess, maybe. I don't I don't know how much involvement. Maybe there's another director. and You know, Disney movies have a lot of collaborators. But um, Ashman, unfortunately, passed away from AIDS, like right as Beauty and the Beast was coming out. Oh. So... Yeah, just looking at his, um, I'm looking at Menkman's um, resume. Is that is that the right word to use? Resume, his uh, filmography, um, yeah. and he he composed Tangled as well, um, Hercules. Um, yeah, love Hercules. Yeah, some bang, and you can tell actually because some of the songs in in this are sort of Herculesy, if you get what I mean. Kind of similar. Right. Yeah, it yeah. has that the vibe. Gospel. Is that the right word? I'm going to be very ignorant to all the musical terms I'm using. <laughs> I, I'm not musical at all. You don't want to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, I mean, their resume is just, well, now I'm saying it. Their filmography <laughs> is, is great. Just I, This was like one of their first big things. And then they went on to do all those Disney things. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can tell because the music in this really stands out and you can tell it's something special that they've got. Um, the, they filmed it at uh, Pinewood Studios. Uh, out by you. Uh, that name, yeah, I was going to say that name rings a bell. What else did they film there? Uh, I believe Star Wars. Yeah, and did, a bunch of other it? stuff. Yeah, a yeah. bunch of Double O Seven movies. Ah. Um, and uh, so it's all indoors, despite having a lot of outdoor looking sets or whatever. They just, you know. Yeah, uh, I mean, you can you they, can tell you can tell that that it's filmed on a you know a soundstage, but that kind of adds to the charm as well. It kind of looks like a Broadway musical, but with right. that extra bit of sheen on it, it just it brings a whole different like vibe to the movie, which I love. Uh, he talks about how it was nice that you can go from inside one place to outside into another building. You know, do yeah. a bunch of. Uh, you're not having to do a lot of cuts. Yeah, um, those shots are really good. But there were, uh, speaking of that, there were three different sets. Uh, they had one for the humans, and then they had another one for the plant, and then they had another one for, like, special effect shots with the plant that I think was scaled down, from what I understand, um, in the few shots where the plant is just completely by itself. They, it was on, like, a miniature set. Man, oh, it really so is. Cool. It really is movie magic, that, isn't it? It's crazy, because you just can't tell. it. It feels so seamless um the other the thing that i just find amazing and makes me just love rick moranis even more is um the scenes where like especially um that feed me song where like the guy sure looks like plant food to me and he's deciding mm. to kill the dentist uh they couldn't make the plant move fast enough you know as a puppet with the cables and everything so uh they filmed it at 16 frames a second instead of 24 and Rick Moranis is moving slowly and lip syncing slowly to like what? slow That's trap. Hilarious. That's insane. Actually, and I know that like that, that oh. scene, it, it's it's so good. And like 
I was thinking, how did they do that? Because the way that the plant is moving, it's better than like today's CGI. And I'm like, mm-hmm. how, oh, yeah. how are they doing that? That is insane. That's how they did it. Fuck. Yeah, but any scene where the plant's talking. So uh, yeah. Ellen Green had to do that one time too when she's at the end <laughs> when she's talking to the plant. They just had to move really slow. And the track, you know, they're of course lip syncing to a track. They had to like just sing like this. And That's walk really amazing. Slow. That is they, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love um, it. But the plant at the uh, that last battle scene, uh, they had 60 people operating the plant. And it said he said they took them five weeks to film that last scene. Wow. Um, let's see. Yeah, just a lot of takes on a lot of different things. Um, one thing that you wouldn't think had a lot of takes, but uh, the whole Bill Murray scene, they did 32 takes to wow. try and find a way to end that scene. Uh, and they wound up doing that ending where he's taking the dentist tool out in his coat. Um, but they <laughs> were, love they were just. They're just ad-libbing and riffing on different stuff. And then they finally like, hey, all right, so I'm going to have this in my pocket and then you catch me. And But they did that. Yeah, they were just trying out different things 32 times. Oh, um, but I amazing. bet every single time was hilarious. I would oh, love to see the together. outtakes from that. Is, is, do you oh, yeah. think there is any footage that is out there that you can see of that? I'm trying to think. There are. There's a blooper reel on the Blu-ray, but I don't think there's any Bill Murray, which is crazy. <sighs> it's criminal. I don't, Mo- I don't Mobile Murray. Um, speaking of those tools, did you recognize them from another? Chris, you probably would recognize them. I actually did. I didn't until you sent the picture. So you've sent some pictures over on the Instagram, haven't you? On, on the, on yeah. the uh, Horror Homeschool Instagram. Um, just in the DMs, if you want to slide in them, Ashley, <laughs> you can have a look too. I want to slide into him. Okay, hold on. <laughs> so yeah, but, I I did not pick up on on that. The, the, are they the exact same tools used on it? I think so, or at least modeled from the same thing. I mean, they. I don't know where else you would get those kind of tools. Yeah, so it's uh, Warner. Bro- it's Warner Brothers. So I guess they had them lying around still. So the movie that we're talking about is Batman '89. Speaking which of Jack Nicholson. Yeah. So <laughs> they they must have okay, just like. Yeah used them after Little Shop of Horrors in Batman. Yeah, which is when the a... Joker's getting his I don't know, is it plastic surgery? What's he getting? Yeah. What's going on exactly? <laughs> <laughs> That's a really cool Easter egg. I love that. That's wild. We'll post this on the on the Instagram as well for everyone to see. Uh, let's see. What else? Um, oh, uh, Heather Henson, who is, I think they said Jim Henson's daughter. Uh, she is the little girl with the crazy contraption on her face that oh. he talks to. And he's like, yeah, it they looks gotta like... remove the jaw and whatever, yeah. <laughs> she looks crazy like she face. should be in a Saw, Saw movie or something. Yeah, that's Jim Henson's daughter as a cameo. Brilliant. <laughs> so obviously Jim Henson did the puppets in this, right? Uh, the studio, I don't know if he... Uh, Brian Henson was a puppeteer on it, uh, Jim Henson's uh, other kid who I guess was old enough, probably in his 20s then. I'm not really sure how old he was. But he he worked on it. I don't know if Jim Henson himself had any involvement. Oh, I wonder who it, did actually, the um, the puppets, because they're just incredible. Uh, gosh, I'm just going to quickly Google it. Lyle Conway designed the plant, at least. Um, I don't know if oh, there right. people involved. And, oh, yeah, he was nominated for an Oscar for it. Oh, wow. So he didn't win it? Damn it. 
That's crazy. That's kind of, that was my next question. I should have looked that up. Who the hell won? If it was <laughs> what was oh the category God. and what was the year for the Oscars? Oh, you know what? I think Aliens also came out then. I, uh, I bet money it was Aliens. Yeah, probably. Still, th- this is better than Aliens, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's more entertaining, I think. I mean, and and it's shorter. I that I love that it's like ninety minutes. It just yes, it's so the, quick. The perfect amount of time for a movie to last. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I got like little things about different scenes, but um, we all know about the uh, the original ending that test audiences like they hated. Okay, so this is something we need to discuss because. We've discovered that I've only watched the director's cut that has a different ending, which I had no idea about until I spoke with you, Ryan. Seriously? So that's the only one available? Well, I I kind of I sailed the seven seas and just downloaded the first one I found. And later on I looked in the great big long title that, you know, is you know, the file name and it says Little Strip of Horrors DC. So I'm guessing that means director's cut, and I didn't notice the DC next to it. So that's the only one I saw because I thought that was it. So the original theatrical cut has a different ending, right? Or is, yeah, are you talking so, about an even more different ending before theatrical cut? Well, the director's cut is a similar ending to how the Broadway play ends and how the original movie end where they all die. The plant mm-hmm. wins. Um, and they have a big musical number about don't feed the plants. And in the original movie and on Broadway, their faces, everybody that died, their face is in the center of a flower. Like the flowers open up and their faces are in the center there and they're singing along to the song. It's, it looks good on stage. I don't think it would work very well in the movie. Um, but uh, yeah, the plant wins. Audrey gets attacked. So this is the version you saw, right? Audrey gets attacked and he yeah. beats her to the plant. Yeah. And then there's like 20 minutes of a B movie where these plants are attacking the city. Dude, it's insane. Have you seen it? The, the director's yeah. cut ending. So the Blu-ray does have a, the director's ending on it. Uh, it <laughs> so, has two both versions. That sounds awesome. Dude, honestly, it's one of the reasons why I love the film, because of the ending. It is so ridiculous, and it just completely escalates out of nowhere. And it just that becomes so this, like, funny. B-movie monster movie that's, like, it is, like, no dialogue. It is just, like, these giant plants just destroying the world for about 20 minutes. It, it goes oh, on forever. It, and you keep thinking <laughs> it's going to end, and it's like, no, now the army are involved, and now, like, they're, they're destroying, like, buildings, and, like, it is just insane. And then the uh, best part is, like... goes into the mouth of the one, and, yeah. Yeah, and the best part is, though, at the end, like, it, it says, like, they're destroying... They actually climb up the... um. What's the the Statue, Statue of, Liberty. of Liberty? Right, yeah. and they're on top of the Statue of Liberty, and these great big like great big title comes up the end, and then question mark question mark, and then a plan actually like bursts through the screen as if you're like watching it on a cinema screen. It bursts through the screen. Wow, <laughs> and it's so brilliant and camp and just like th- that sealed yeah. the deal for me. And I had no idea that that wasn't the original ending. <laughs> so how does it end in the proper theatrical version? So she gets attacked, and he reaches in, pulls her out, and they go into the alley, which is similar to the the cut you saw, right? Yeah. They go into the alley after, yeah. And but she does she die? No, 
she so doesn't die. No. So does she sing like... the? Does she sing like the uh, the, the coda of like greener? What what's the what's the song? No, no, somewhere that's green. So yeah, yeah. so she doesn't do that. What happens? I need to watch. So, then... <laughs> so she's like, "You got to do something," and he goes in, and they have that mean green mother from outer space, which was also nominated for an Oscar. Wait, uh, so she she's okay? She just says, "Right, you need to go in and do something." Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> she's like, "You stay here in the alley. I'm gonna go fight this plant." And that part's the same, you know, the mean green mother from outer yeah. space with a little pot. That's all the same. And he pulls the building down on him, but uh, Seymour reaches out and grabs uh, an electrical cord and shocks the plant. And uh, Audrey too goes, "Oh shit!" and explodes <laughs> and dies. What? That's a shit ending. <laughs> <laughs> Is that it? But, yeah, well, he, you know, and then they show them uh, speaking of somewhere that's green. So that house, you know, that looks really fake with the front yard. Oh, yeah. Know, where he most of the lot. So they show them running into that house. And then the three girls uh, come by and it pans down and you see a little Audrey, too, in the yard. Yeah, I don't I don't like that ending at all. And I can't <laughs> believe I can't believe <laughs> that's, that's the proper ending. So what happens in the director's cut is. She dies in his arms in the alleyway and, and like sings like this beautiful like r- oh, reprise yeah, of somewhere amazing. that's green. And um and then she like says to him, I want you to feed me into Seymour. Uh, not Seymour. Sorry, Audrey <laughs> feed me into Audrey too, so I can be with you forever or something like that. So that's what he does. He basically carries her over the threshold into in her wedding dress into the into the shop feeds her into audrey too and then he 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 runs on the top of the roof of the building and like attempts suicide but then he gets interrupted by this like sales guy who's randomly there paul dooley and he's like oh hey um (laughs) sorry to bother you but by the way we've recreated uh audrey too i took i took the liberty of taking a clipping of audrey too and i've managed to grow a new one and he's like merchandise it and put like a little Audrey two sign around the plot, the part of this little plant. And he's like, we're going to basically make these and mass produce them and sell them to the world. And it kind of stops um, Seymour in his tracks of wanting to throw himself off the top of the building. And he runs back in to see Audrey two. And he's saying, you had, you had this planned all along. And Audrey yeah, two's that's like, the yeah. same. That part's the same. That part's the same. Oh, I see. From outer space. You've had this plan all along. I see. So it, le- in it leads into you that. Saw, Audrey's already dead. In the version that's theatrical, she's just in the alley. So, he, so he doesn't have the suicide attempt in in the original. No, the yeah. thing collapses on him, and then he like, right. <laughs> so <laughs> yes. So then he he ends up. How does he die in the director's cut? I've I've forgot now. He eats him still. He just eats him. Yeah, I can't remember how it and ends. And then he spits but... out his glasses, right? Something like that, but the but yeah, then it basically just goes on to like the world buying all of these Audrey twos and it like causing chaos. Like people are like trampling each other in the supermarkets to buy these Audrey twos, and then all of a sudden they just start growing bigger and bigger and just <laughs> destroy the world eventually in this amazing yeah. sequence. Interesting. 
Yeah, so, that one sounds um, so much darker. It, it is. I love it because it's a, it's an unhappy, dark, weird ending, and that's, and, and that's one of the reasons why I love this movie. But I feel like my whole life's been a lie. <laughs> People hated that one because okay, so they kind of compare it on Broadway uh, when the play is over and they're all dead. Well, they come out for a curtain call, so you're mm. like, oh yeah, okay, they're not dead, <laughs> you know, and you're happy and you're fine. <laughs> but I guess they just kind of said people are like. I loved Audrey. I loved Seymour. And then you yeah. just go and kill him. <laughs> and it's like, what a bummer. I hate it. And they gave him like the lowest test scores. Oh, wow. They just said, I loved the movie up until then. But like, <laughs> I was just bummed to see our main characters die because we fell in love with them. That's crazy. No, for me, it like holds so much more weight then because it's like this. Oh, yeah, yeah. Almost like Sweeney Todd, this like Greek tragedy ending with like a B movie monster movie <laughs> twist. <laughs> Well, you got hmm. that, that that Greek chorus, you know, with the girls. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, that's incredible. what happens as well. That um, when that director's cut ending happens, like they actually come on when when Seymour's being killed. Um, they come on. There's like a a great big shot of like an American flag that just fills right. the screen, and then they they come on and and start singing a bit of like dialogue about you know what what's happening now with the plants and stuff like that does that happen in the original or uh no so i don't no. think that don't feed the plants is in there it's of course in the broadway version but yeah they, that whole thing was cut. i'll have to watch the original one day but i kind of don't want to at the same time because i love the version that i know <laughs> well how do you feel about jim belushi jim belushi <laughs> the name rings a bell Who, i who love is this? jim belushi john belushi's brother uh He's in some other movies. God, I, I don't know what he's most known for. Well, that sitcom, he was in According to Jim was the sitcom mm-hmm. he was in. But, okay, so the guy you saw that says we've taken clippings and we're doing this. Oh, yeah. In the version that Ashley saw, that's the theatrical version, uh, that part is played by Jim Belushi, and it comes at a different time. Mm-hmm. He, okay. Yeah. So he was in Jingle All the Way as well. I'm just looking at his stuff. Mm-hmm. Plays the Santa Claus. Interesting. Paul Dooley wasn't available, so Jim Belushi did that part right. uh, when they did a re- recut of that. And then the other thing that I think is really interesting, you don't notice it, except Frank Oz points it out in the commentary, is uh, when the three girls are walking across, Chris, you didn't see this, but when they're walking across the yard, the camera starts to pan down before you see the third girl's face, because she also wasn't available for the reshoot. <laughs> So, like, it just pans down some other random girl's legs, and you see mm. the little plant there. So, so um, I think Tisha Arnold, I think, is the one that wasn't available. So, in other words, they had the movie filmed, and they showed it, and people didn't like the ending, so they had to reshoot it. Right, correct. So, in other words, I've seen the real version. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you all have seen yeah. the edited the edited um, happy ending. <laughs> Interesting. I mean, I like- both of them for different reasons i do feel like the plant's death is a little i mean there's just like a graphic over it you know it does feel a little rushed that's like an injustice like explode and it's yeah. just yeah and he literally just goes oh shit <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna have to youtube this just to see that part yeah that's crazy have we got any more mind-blowing trivia um i guess well the thing that i sent you of steve martin's head also <laughs> Yeah, what the fuck is this? So this is nuts. Okay, I guess they they had it much more gruesome uh, when Steve Martin dies. 
So in yeah, all... it feels very censored because they only show his shadow cutting him up and stuff like that. <clears> don't they? Yeah, right. And everything everything's in paper. You see like a boot yeah. getting thrown in or whatever. You don't see any body part. So that, that's what like... we use to wrap up our fish and chips here in newspaper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they, uh, I guess they had actual body parts that they were throwing in. You know, like rubber body parts that they were throwing in, and they actually made a life cast of. Steve Martin's head, and uh, I sent you guys a picture of that too of him. Like, yeah, he literally is throwing in like his whole head in yeah. there, but they decided to just cut that. You also um, sent me that that prop is actually getting sold I, or has sold his I head. Tell, I, I saw something that said 2018, but then I said, all oh, not sold, and I don't know if it. I just that's just from Googling like Steve Martin's head, Little Shop of Horrors, <laughs> found an auction. I don't know if somebody bought it. I can't tell. I That's can't crazy. Without signing up for the auction site. It looks super creepy as well, especially now it's been like, you know, aged and all weathered. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. so wild. The Ninja Turtle props are like that. Have you seen the oh. Ninja Turtle heads? Yeah, they're nightmare fuel. They're just like fuel. falling apart. Yeah. Oh, my up. God. <laughs> it's disturbing. Another bit of yeah. Steve Martin trivia that you've sent me here. Uh, this picture says he accidentally punched through a window and cut his hand. Yeah. So uh, in the scene, he's like falls off the motorcycle, what uh, a scatterbrained or whatever, and he's like telling her to go inside. He used to slam the doors open, and now I think does he even kick them or do they just open for him? I don't even remember. I but, can't remember. But he had put his hand through the glass. Like that's in the outtakes. You can actually see that take. Or he puts crazy. his hand through there and it just cuts right away. Seymour and Audrey had a kiss. Uh, speaking of several takes, they had a kiss like over 30 times because that shot was so complicated. Oh, wow. To do That's like, because they, they, if you watch it, they like, uh, Rick Moranis runs up the stairs and then the camera goes around them and it does, it's a big complicated camera move. Yeah. So you, they had to like, they had a kiss 30 times. Do that you don't realize like that is, that is one long shot, isn't it? Like, yeah. That's insane. There's just so much involved in, in movies like this. You just don't realize. Yeah, that's about all the trivia I have, I think. Um, There's some cool stuff in there. I love mm-hmm. I love learning stuff about movies like this. Um, so I guess we, we should get stuck into our relationship with this movie and our initial thoughts then. Um, who wants to go first? Uh, I'll tell you what, Ryan, you go first. This is a movie that's been with you for a long time, right? Uh, yeah, I mean... I was six when it came out, so I don't think I saw it in theaters. Uh, it's probably one that we rented maybe years later. Um, and then, you know, I did plays in like middle school and high school and stuff. So I got really into like, even though I can't sing, I was really into some of those musicals. Uh, and then, of course, it had everybody I loved, you know, like Steve Martin, John Candy, Bill Murray. You know, you're like, oh, my God, and the guy from Ghostbusters runs around and sings the whole time. He's hilarious. Yeah, that kind of thing. Um, I did not wind up, uh, I think, a year or two after I graduated, my high school did a production of it. I feel like every high school has to do a production of Little Shop of Horrors. Uh, when I was in school, we did Grease, uh, but the high school did a production of uh, Little Shop like a year or two after I graduated. Um yeah, I think it's just one I discovered like in my maybe when I was ten to twelve years old, which is probably about the perfect age for it. 
Um, yeah. yeah, have loved it ever since. Just, you know, the cast, I think the comedy timing's perfect. It's in and out. It just, I mean, you know, there's not a dull moment in the whole movie. I don't mm-hmm. think. Awesome. I love that. Um, for me, I've got a much more boring relationship with it. I actually <laughs> only saw it recently for the first time, um, about six months ago. Um, it's just one I've always been aware of, but it's just passed me by for some reason. Don't know why, because I love musicals. Um, but I don't know, maybe it just didn't appeal to me with how weird it looked with the plant and everything. Uh, but I am sorry that I waited so long to check it out because I loved it. Um, I got to watch it second time yesterday and enjoyed it just as much, if not more. Um, I just think the songs are fantastic. The comedy's fun and the cast, like you said, is just supreme. So great movie. What about you, Ashley? Um, so I'm not one for like, I mean, I like musicals, but I don't really actively seek them out. Um, so I only watch them if people want me to or whatever. Um, so it does look like I started this movie because when I went to push play, it was already 45 minutes in and I didn't realize I'd already (laughs) seen part of it. (laughs) Did you get bored of it and turn it off, do you think? I have no idea. I don't remember like when I watched it. Yeah, maybe you were inebriated and forgot. (laughs) Is that right when like, is that in Steve Martin's scene? I mean, what's 45 minutes in? I have no idea. (laughs) Yeah, something must have turned you off. I don't know if it was me. I don't know if it was Kevin. I don't know that something happened. I don't know. Anyway, so I, of course, I started from the beginning, and I really liked it. I mean, it's funny, and um, you know, Seymour is me, and I am Seymour. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, so I just watched it last night, and I was just I enjoyed it. I was eating Chinese food and chilling with my cat, and it was fun. I liked it. Awesome. Um, let's get stuck into what we liked about it then. Let's do highlights first. I guess we should talk about the, the obvious highlight, which is the songs. Um, I just, I love all the doo-wop vibes in this. Like, mm-hmm. that's, that's my vibe. That I think um, Creeper were influenced a lot by this soundtrack. I don't know if you noticed their newer stuff. It's kind of doo-woppy. Um, and I, I can that see that, yeah. Will is a fan of uh, this movie. But yeah, the songs, just fantastic. It just really just elevates this movie to another level doesn't it what's our favorite songs in this movie then oh gosh (laughs) (laughs) um i can't really think of one specific one um oh i can it's very easy for me dentist the steve martin song i mean i mean like that is a highlight for me and especially like it's just an amazing moment in the film like at that moment, I knew I was like really loving the movie. Just that song is just everything. Ooh, Can we just talk Mama? about yeah. Steve Martin real quick? I just want to say like it's so funny seeing him with black hair because oh, I yeah. feel like he's had gray <laughs> hair since he was a child. <laughs> yeah, he was so... born with gray hair. <laughs> that song is just so good, though. I love his character. I love that scene. I love the the mouth shot in that as well, you know, where it's like inside the mouth looking out. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so that good. shot is amazing. Uh, that drill is an oversized drill to get the angle right. <laughs> so it's like a three foot long drill that he's using to <laughs> get the perspective. I fucking love movie magic. He's but like yeah. a sadist uh, dentist, man. 
I love it. I feel like that's yeah. how all dentists are, really, behind closed doors. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, one uh, Halloween, uh, I wore the, I was a Seymour for uh, Halloween, and I decided on the costume because I had a dentist appointment that day. <laughs> and so I wore my costume to the dentist office, and they all loved it. <laughs> that's amazing you'll have to send those pictures over of you as I, I don't know why i didn't get a picture like in the dentist office i did yeah. like i brought the plants in and my dentist like oh my god i love it <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool um but yeah just go back to steve martin in that dentist song i just it's probably one of my favorite scenes in the movie and that song i just fucking love it i love all the the 50s rockabilly vibes to it it's so good so much fun yeah. Um, I I don't know what it is after he says oh mama and <laughs> closes the door and does that little like kick and th- oh my god that cracks me up every time I see it it's I don't so know what funny. he does his one leg goes back and then he does like, this little thrusting move and then goes yeah and then that guy singing gargling water it's amazing it's just so good has he got like a shrine to his mum in his cupboard or something what's going yeah. on um, so weird. Trying to think, the yeah no th- that's not in the play. It the, the line is I know that my mom's still proud of me, but there's no oh mama and there's no shrine <laughs> that comes out. But he does like the the dentist does say my mom is still proud of me. He's got mommy issues. <laughs> well, he's got a lot of issues. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that character is just insane. Like, how about just... the fact that his motorcycle is like a horse or something? I don't. <laughs> crazy too i just love that he hops off and it stops after he hops off (laughs) so much going on with that character i love it yeah um the the fact that he just gets high as well on the the laughing gas all the time if you uh if you ever have a chance to see it like a production of it not don't watch it like a high school production of it but if you actually see like professional actors do a uh version of it the guy that plays the dentist also plays like a couple bums. He plays a couple news reporters. And so he does these like really quick costume changes. Mm. So like not only is it like, oh my God, this guy's the dentist. He's amazing. But he plays like all these other parts and just like the, the guy I saw when I saw it years ago, I was just like, oh my God, he's doing everything. He's, <laughs> it's just, That's so it's just cool. jealous of that part. He's so good. Love it. Um, yeah, I think my favorite song is the one where the plant first, you know, tells him to, uh, I think it's called Feed Me, parentheses, Get It. Uh, yeah. Him and their duet where, you know, yeah, the one where a, he had to sing it slowly. It's yeah. a good one, that, and very good scene as well with the puppeteering. And yeah, technically that scene's incredible. Um, I've got to do a special mention to Somewhere That's Green, though. Like, that is, that's a great, great song. Um, yeah. But the, the hilarious thing about this song is I the first version I heard of this was actually the Family Guy version. So (laughs) I was thinking that the whole time. When I heard that in the movie, all I could hear was um, Herbert the Pervert singing it in his elaborate pedophile fantasy about like living happily ever after with Chris Griffin. And it's so fucking funny. I just couldn't unhear it. Um and yeah, obviously, because that's the first one, uh, first version I heard of it. That's all I hear now. But it's still a, a fantastic song, fantastic moment in the film. Yeah, she was like, 
I mean, speaking of like, you know, born to play that part, like she did the part on Broadway. And so they pretty much had no other choice. They were like, yeah, we got to have her. Like she defines that role. Like, yeah, incredible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I couldn't imagine anyone else being able to pull that off at all. Um, I I love that, that scene. They're talking about remaking this. They have for years now. Oh, they better I, not. I hope not. <laughs> I just, well, they were talking about ScarJo doing it. I'm like, what? Oh, no. Oh, Scar, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. I don't know. I've heard all sorts of it. They were talking about like Zach Efron and Scar. I'm like, no, just stop. Just don't. It's funny you should mention always... Zach Efron, though. Like that, um, the opening when the three girls come on, it gives me hairspray vibes. You know, the remake with Zach Efron. Not the um, John Waters one, which I've not seen yet, but um, yeah, that one with oh, okay. <laughs> with, um, with the what's 50s his face? Style. Yeah. Um, what was it? What's it? The guy from Pulp Fiction that was in Greece. John Travolta. John Travolta. He plays the woman in that, and that is a wild movie. <laughs> right. But yeah, it just uh, gives me gives me hairspray vibes a little bit. But going back to that somewhere that's green scene, um, there's a lot to unpack with that fantasy that she's having about the. Uh, the white picket suburban life with him. Um, the way she's singing about how she's got plastic on the furniture. I mean, what what's the deal with that? <laughs> yeah, what? it's just very middle class 50s, like Tupperware parties. And I love how the little kids look exactly like little versions of them. I just I just don't understand the whole plastic on the furniture thing. Like, was that a, was that a moment? Was that is that a good thing? Uh, I always thought of that as like an old person thing. Yeah, like grandparents do that. I've I never. Know, experienced I didn't know what this. that was either. Like, I've seen it in shows, but I've never seen it in real life. Reminded me a bit of Edward Scissorhands as well. That whole moment in the film. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, um, and I've got a note here as well that says my bedtime is also nine fifteen at the moment. <laughs> Same. Like, I've reached that moment in my life. <laughs> Do you watch Lucy reruns? Oh, on a 12-inch screen as well. Yeah. 12-inch, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I um, love that. A lot of the Audrey stuff I didn't like as a kid just because it was like, oh, that's the girl song, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Like, now I've just got so much more appreciation for her character and just... Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah, I love her character and, and this moment in the scene. It, it just speaks volumes about her, her as a character and just being able to pull that off and within the space of a song you know you just you just learn so much more about her and she's got lots of layers also that frozen dinner looks disgusting in this song (laughs) (laughs) in like the the whatever it's in the tinfoil like that looks like a school dinner to me that doesn't look like something you sit down and enjoy on your couch in your own home (laughs) like a lot of things that she's talking about here is meant to be like luxury but to me it doesn't look so good. <laughs> I guess when, when when's this movie meant to be set? Is it meant to be set in the eighties or a bit earlier? No, I don't know. Fifties. Oh, it's set in the fifties. Okay, that makes yeah. a lot more sense. Um, oh, I just remembered somebody we haven't talked about a cameo that we haven't talked about is a uh, Christopher Guest, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's husband, who um, was at the Academy Awards. And still looks great, by the way. But uh, are you familiar with Christopher Guest, you guys? No, mm-hmm. I'm just I'm looking on the cast now, trying to see what he looks like. Uh, he's, uh, he's known as the first customer. Oh, he's the guy that comes in, and when they say, "Oh, it just doesn't work like that," you put a plant in the window, and someone comes in to check it out. He's he's right. the guy that comes in and checks it out. 
So uh, he is in Spinal Tap, uh, A Mighty Wind, Waiting for Guffman. He's, he directs very kind of niche uh, comedy stuff that he's in, but uh, Spinal Tap would be the one you probably know him from the most. Yeah, um, that's what I know him from. Oh, shit. I just love his delivery of, like, they say in the commentary that he didn't really quite get the character at first. And they're like, no, you want to make it like a living cartoon. And that's why he's like, where did you get it? You know, yeah. Like, it super, I, I like his delivery is perfect with that. Yeah, and then, it is good. But then he's like, oh, can you break 100? They're like, oh, no. Okay, then I'll just take twice as many. And they're all excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> so did you say that that's Jamie Lee Curtis's husband? It is, yes. Oh, that's crazy. I didn't know that. That's cool. They've been married since 80-something. I mean... They were married when this movie was made. Huh. So, yeah, that's funny. I've just watched um, Prom Night for the first time because I've never seen that. Um, not oh, yeah. a good movie at all. <laughs> that's one of Leslie Nielsen playing a normal part, and I can't. I'm like, why is he not deadpan joking anything? Yeah, yeah that definitely definitely threw me off because I was definitely expecting him to be a lot more in that movie. And the fact that he just completely disappears. He's like a red herring for a hot minute. And then he just never comes back. And it's like, oh. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a as weird... Far as, did, have you seen Terror Train? That's a yes. Jamie Lee Curtis early one. I like that one more. Yeah, I do as well. And even that's not a good movie. <laughs> but no, yeah, it's pr- not. Prom Night. Like, it, it's always been this one that's been in my subconscious. Because obviously, you know, Randy kind of bangs on about yep. it in Scream, yep. doesn't he? For it's just sure. like... <laughs> great movie and stuff and i was like oh, i need formula, to see this a very simple formula yeah i mean he's, he's, he's right you know it is a very simple formula but it's also a, a rip off of every other slasher that came before and after and it's nothing special um it's, it's in fact a very boring film yeah i wouldn't so you guys recommend are, you're it. not covering it on this i, I don't think so unless actually <laughs> really loves it have you seen prom night ashley um not the original no i've seen oh, the yeah. remake is that any good? I think it's meant um, to be no, shit. No, it's garbage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, yeah, it's 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 not not a great movie. Um, but yeah, let let's get back to this one. Let's I tell you what, let's go through the cast then because we've touched on a few members already. It's just an incredible cast. Um, who should we start with? I guess Rick Moranis, amazing. Um, in this. the best. He is just. Terrible. The hottest guy. It's just the so... hottest guy. Really? You got a crush just, on Rick Moranis. He, he I, is. I have a friend who also likes Rick Moranis. Yeah. He is, is what is, the the female gaze was made for. <laughs> I didn't. I never heard of this before. Really? Oh, he's so adorable. Though, just I've loved him in everything I've ever seen him in. He I think is, this yeah. is his best work, in my opinion. This is my favorite Rick Moranis film. I yeah. do like him in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, though. Oh, yeah, he's good in that. But he doesn't I mean, sing in that. <laughs> he sings a lot in this. And it, whenever he starts singing, I am just ad- adorned with what's happening on screen. See? For some reason. Like, you, you even fall for it, but you don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. There's just something about him. Yeah. I, just, I, also, I also relate to him, too. Like, you know, when he starts, like, moping around and singing about his shit life, I was like, dude... I want to get out of this rut as well, you know. <laughs> so I'm good. him because I every time he was clumsy and something bad happened or whatever, I was like, 
bro, I feel you, man. <laughs> That's my life. And he's like pining over Audrey so much that he names the plant after her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so good. But yeah, his casting in this is just perfect. Again, another one that I couldn't imagine being played by anyone else. So good. Um, and Audrey herself, Elaine Green. Um, Ellen. Ellen Green. So she was the mum in Leon as well. That's the only other thing I know her from. Uh, I don't know what that is. She's Leon something the... called uh, Pushing Daisies or something? Is that what it is? Oh, that was a TV Some series, feature. wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I saw a little bit of that. I don't remember her on there, though. She's so good in this, though. Like, we, we obviously touched on it earlier with that Somewhere That's Green song. Like, her performance in this is just so good, so well observed, you know, because, like, there's, oh, yeah. there's a woman like that on every street corner and every kind of skid row place like that, you know, that's just down and out on a look but really misunderstood in a bad situation with bad people who's essentially got a heart of gold, you know, she's just such a great character and so well played. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I love some of the lines she has as well where she's like, oh, I've, you know, I've done terrible things in my life. And, and then she's talking about when she met um, the dentist and said that, I can't remember the, the situation that she describes, but she says something like, oh, I was wearing like really trashy clothes, not like this nice outfit. <laughs> she's yeah, gone. that's just so sad. <laughs> Isn't that what she's like, I met him in the gutter? Yeah, <laughs> the like, gutter. The nightclub. The, the nightclub, the gutter. gutter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some great one-liners. Yeah, she's she's fantastic in this. Um, we've got uh, Vincent Gardenia as Mr. Munchik. I don't know him from anything else, but he's really good. Uh, he's in Moonstruck with Cher. I have not seen that. I It's been forever since I've seen it. I probably saw it back in the 80s. But uh, yeah, I'm looking at it. Yeah, that's probably what he's known for the most is uh, Moonstruck. Oh yeah, he's he's great as the shopkeeper in this. The manager does a great job. Um, <laughs> got to mention John Candy, even though he has that little small cameo, he makes such mm-hmm. a big big impact. I mean, you know straight away just from his voice. You know that that's the first thing you hear when he's in the radio station. You hear his voice in the background, and it's like, oh, that's John Candy. You just know straight away. Right, and he and... improved pretty much that whole thing of you know doing the machine guns and. Put your clothes back on, lady. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. He's so fucking good and, and so sorely missed, you know, like, I mean, he, d- he did a bunch of stuff before he passed away, but it feels like it still wasn't enough. You know, we want right. more. We want more John Candies. <laughs> he was so good. Love him to bits. Um, right. We've got to talk about Bill Murray. That scene, like, holy shit. Like, that's that's probably my favorite scene in the whole film. Like it's so good. Yeah. So so Oh good. yeah, he's amazing. And also, you know, like I said, it was all in, a lot of improv for that. I mean, they were pretty much just like, Okay, you're gonna you're gonna be a masochist pretty much, is what that is. And, and, just you know, from the moment that he appears on screen and he's like sat in the, the waiting room with that little grin on his face, he just can't wait to get seen and then he sort of like squats on his chair, he's so excited. <laughs> so yeah. funny it just makes me grin as soon as he appears i love bill murray he has a um a part in the new ant-man movie that 
almost makes it worth watching for. (laughs) (laughs) What are your guys' favourite scene? Mm. Hmm. Probably. Well, I mean, it's kind of sucks that I didn't get to see your version because now, like, that's that would have been your favorite so scene. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, you've got to got to check it out. I don't know if it's on YouTube or where people can watch the I'll director's cut. Out, yeah, but it's definitely worth checking out because it's just so bizarre. Um. And it's the effects look incredible as well. Like, obviously, yeah. in in the movie, <clears throat> the <clears throat> the puppets are so well done, but it just brings it to a whole new level when they're destroying cities and the worlds. It's just, it's amazing. It's obviously, it must be miniature, um, but it, it's all practical and it just looks so good. CGI is just trash, in my opinion. Like that, you know, it's a it's a it's a dying art. It's a lost art. This whole. <laughs> miniature puppets thing i love it ryan um, has got a favorite I, scene um i mean i'd say steve martin i don't know i catch different things every time i see it i feel like uh even just like the subtle things of like when he first sees it he's like oh that's the plant big and you know does that <laughs> like, he's like what's your name again and he's like don't he goes give me a chance you know like that whole i don't know <laughs> his voice in that is insane yeah the last time when I watched it a couple days ago, that's what I caught on to there. Um, but yeah, just all the songs. I don't. It's it's just too hard to narrow down to yeah. anything. Um, it's it's the gift that keeps on giving this film because, like yeah. you said, you know, every time you watch it, there's something new that you pick out. There's another little favorite moment, like another favorite character. There's just so much going on, and it just so, works so so beautifully. I don't. It, with the cast, though, you I don't know, you haven't really touched much on... Uh, well, Levi Stubbs is the voice of Audrey, too. Oh, of course, he's, yeah. He's the, in the Four Tops. The like, Four Tops, yeah. Bernadette, right, I think is one of their songs. And I, they just, they have so many songs. It's crazy. Like, I was looking them up. I'm like, oh, they sing that? They sing that? They sing that? I was like, yeah. Yeah, he uh, does an amazing, an amazing... Yeah, just a amazing great job. voice. Uh, and then the three girls... Um, to Sheena Arnold, Tisha Campbell, uh, Michelle Weeks, um, doing that Greek chorus. Um, I do think it's interesting that the two of the three girls wound up being on uh, Martin Lawrence's sitcom. I don't know if you guys watched that. <laughs> no. Uh, Martin Lawrence had a sitcom in the 90s, and uh, the one girl played his girlfriend, and then the other was like the best friend of the girlfriend. Uh, just weird to see it's like wait aren't they in little shop together yeah but uh gina and um i don't remember what the other one's name is in the in martin lawrence's show um but they're just incredible they wanted to add like a glow to them as they move around through the set to make them like that they were of another world kind of um but they couldn't find a way to do that easily that's funny Uh, but he uh in the commentary frank oz uses the term he bops them around throughout the (laughs) set so like they appear in one spot and then they you know will jump and be inside somewhere else and you know they're just kind of all over the place as like the uh, Greek chorus. Yeah, they're great. They're almost like the narrator of the movie, sort of moving it along. Right. It's also great. named after uh, three girl groups, also from the fifties. I don't know if you caught that. No. Uh, so they're Crystal, Ronette, and Chiffon, and there were girl groups uh 
what's his name? Uh, Spectre, uh, Phil Spectre founded a bunch of those girl groups in the 50s. But the uh, Crystals sing uh, the Do Run Run Run, you know, oh, yeah. him, met him on a Sunday. And then uh, the Ronettes sing that Be My Baby, Be My Little, I can't sing, but you know, yeah. <laughs> you know that song. <laughs> and the Chiffon sing He's So Fine. Uh, just oh, okay. a lot of those like old 50s doo-wop girl groups but oh, they're sick. named after each uh three of the most famous ones so cool um another highlight in this movie for me is the cinematography like i just love how this movie looks like i love the vibrant colors like it just looks incredible um the direction and the choreography is also amazing it's just it flows so well as a movie and just looks so good. Um, I really like the point of view camera shots as well. There's just so many of them and mm-hmm. they just work so well. I love it. It's just a, a feast for the eyes, this movie. No pun intended. I mean, all the, co- <laughs> yeah, everything's so good. Costumes, just the way that it's set, even though you can tell that it's like on a set, but it still looks cool. Yeah. Like I said earlier, oh. it adds to the charm too, doesn't it? Like, yeah. Something I forgot that, uh, so it's filmed in England. They actually went to the U.S. to get a bunch of uh, the props, like the garbage cans and like the stuff to make it look like Skid Row. Uh, I think Frank Oz said that they bought a bunch of new garbage cans and then they went around like the cities and traded people. Like they're like, we'll give you this brand new garbage can if you'll give us your old one. <laughs> so and they just, like, that's awesome filled up I, like a big shipping container and like brought a whole bunch of props over from the u.s to make the the set that's so cool i did i did wonder like how they made it look so authentic you know because like i say you can clearly see that it's filmed on a soundstage but the way it's dressed you know the set design and the way that they've made everything look real it's so well done you know like even down to the you know the cobblestones and stuff like that, the, the street itself, it looks like a, a genuinely like dirty real street, doesn't it? Um, so we need to talk about the the puppets. Um, we touched on it, but it's just incredible how good they look. Like yeah, for sure. The way they make them move, and you know, it is movie magic, and it's one of the best examples, if not the best example of puppets in movies in my opinion um you know obviously gremlins is another good one uh star wars as well but what about the labyrinth i've not seen that but i've heard it's meant to be really good with puppets and wasn't there other ones i can't think of the other ones um dark crystal yeah frank oz did dark crystal before this oh yeah that's a weird film that I, it unsettles me that film <laughs> mm-hmm. i think it unsettles everybody <laughs> it's so creepy like and I, oh. that's another one i only saw recently but even as an adult it freaked me out i can't imagine how many kids that scars <laughs> one thing with the puppet that i think is just kind of incredible is that you get such an expressive creature character that you you know you don't ever think about it really being well you do think about it being a puppet but it just you know with but without eyes yeah no eyes that's a really good point and just the movement and the you know just i don't know it's just crazy to me yeah i think the voice acting has a lot to do with that as well like it's so well voice acted that you know it makes it better i mean obviously the puppet's incredible as it is but i think if they were to 
you know, gone with somebody else that wasn't quite as good, it wouldn't have worked as well. Um, but yeah, I love Audrey too. It's incredible, like how they made that work. Um, uh, I love the moments where it's growing as well, like you know when it's obviously really small and then it sort of bursts out of the pot. Like they all look so genuinely. How do they do that? <laughs> well, he talks about that in the commentary, and I still don't get it. Like, I still okay. don't understand what he's saying. It's something like the stool moved forward or something, and the camera, like, also moved. At this. It's like a forced perspective shot. Oh, right. Okay. But I've That's watched it over and over magical. again, and I'm like, I don't see how this is a forced perspective shot. Like, I can't tell. It's amazing, because... Because it buckles, like, the, the pot, like, expands and everything, and it's just, like, how how is this happening? And the scene as well where, like, he makes... <laughs> Audrey 2 makes the phone call to Audrey. Oh, I was going to bring that up. Okay, so <laughs> when it grabs the dime from the register... <laughs> yeah. So that was the most takes he's ever done in any movie. Just guess how many takes that took for it to grab the dime out of the register and put in the phone. Almost 100. 73. Yeah, wow. That's... Yeah, he said that was the most complicated shot of just trying to get these vines going and opening the register, pulling that dime out. It's an incredible sequence. Like, And when he, he comes back in and he opens the doors for him and he walks right through and like just the fact that that plant's just acting, you know, and able to <laughs> open things and do things with its vines, it just looks amazing. And the fact that it makes that phone call as well. I've got a note here that says, how does it know Audrey's phone number? <laughs> <laughs> it's an alien. They know everything. Or maybe he's just observed Seymour calling her and has memorized it. Yeah, I like how she just like looks over from across the street and sees it in the window. That shot. Yeah, and he's just laughing at her. <laughs> yeah. So good. He's really a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Put it lightly, yeah. Um, what other notes have I got on this movie? Um, oh, I've I've put a note here that you've already addressed right at the top of the episode. I've put, have you noticed that there's a very similar plot to Gremlins in this? Like uh, yeah. Chang's exotic plants. So <laughs> the mystical Chinese place selling uh, things that make, make the world end or destroy things in the world. I think, but Audrey was a lot cheaper. And uh, Gizmo, right? Yes, true. <laughs> and also, I mean, it wasn't actually the the Chinese selling the uh, the you know cursed strange item. It was actually a, an alien ray coming down at that moment and just striking one of the plants. <laughs> so they, yeah. they weren't intentionally selling off no, a no, weird no, creature. I don't, I don't think it inhabits a, a plant that was already there. I think it. I think it came down and landed on amongst the other plants amongst the zinnias oh i see i see i thought it might have transformed an already existing plant so it just beamed itself down there with the other plants it's it's funny that the one that's like the one optical effect like that's the one thing that wasn't in camera you know that they actually did not cgi but an optical yeah. effect and it's the one thing we don't understand all the yeah. plants stuff was great but no one <laughs> That's a very good point. Um, We're like, what's uh, happening there? I can't yeah. <laughs> Just a green bean. Um, something else that I want to talk about is the poster. I love the poster to this movie. I just think yep. 
I just it's beautiful. Like I love the colours, the logo is so good. You know, you've got the, the horrors written in red and it's like dripping. I just I love the colours and, and the framing of it. You know, you've got the silhouette of the city skyline and then all of the characters are like in the air being held up by Audrey Two's vines. Um it's just such a great poster. I think it might be one of my yeah. favorite movie posters. It's so gorgeous. And you even got the the girls at the bottom there leaning against the Leaning against the pot at the bottom. Mm-hmm. They're by like a little little car. Oh, Which they so never good. have. That car's never in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> That's the most unrealistic thing about this. <laughs> yeah, just, oh, man, I love that poster. Did Audrey even wear a red dress like that? Probably not. But it no. works. It really works. I love it. Um, And the opening, the titles in the movie as well. Like, I love that when... It's all against like a starry sky, and it's that green with the the writing at the start, and then it. Oh, and yeah, how it turns into a puddle of sludge, and yeah. So good, and then obviously it's on the the shop on the corner, and it says the title, and it's like flashing lightning. It's just brilliant. There's a chef's kiss. There's a lot of transitions with that. So like that's obviously the first one, uh, but then the uh, at the very end of the dentist song, he's like, now spit. And he spits, and then it cuts to Seymour pouring a bucket out. Mm-hmm. And then you know he has to he does it twice, so you kind of get where you're at. Yeah. Uh, but then also when he grabs Seymour out of the chair, I think they were gonna have him like drag him down the hallway, but instead he if you watch it, it's something you don't really notice and until you watched it as much as I have, I think. <laughs> but he grabs him from the chair in the waiting room, and then immediately it cuts into the other into the office where he's throwing him into the chair. Like they don't have him drag. I don't. Just some of those. Those are the three cuts. I'm sure there's more, but those three are just like, oh my god, that's perfect. Like you don't need to, you know, show yeah. that the transition. It's really well edited this movie, and you you never realize that there was two completely different versions of the ending. It's almost like, <laughs> um, have you ever seen Watchmen or have you read the comic? Yeah. Where it's a completely different ending. It's almost like on that scale, where. It's not because um, well, like it, a it's, giant squid monster or something. Yeah, it's kind comics. of similar because it is kind of like world destroying creatures, isn't it? And they changed it for the movie. Um, but the, they later actually sort of retconned the movie, and when they did the TV series, they based it straight off the book, didn't they? So that was pretty cool. Don't know if you ever saw that the Watchmen TV series, but that I was did. A, I, can't remember I did it. it. I really liked it. I thought it was fantastic. But um, it's funny, actually, I've just ordered the director's cut of the movie because I've heard it's a lot different than the theatrical. So I'm going to check that out because it's been years on my watch list, that director's cut. Of Watchmen? Yeah. Because I really I did, watched that movie think, in forever. Because I really did enjoy the, the theatrical, but... That Black Freighter thing, is that all in it? That weird... Oh, yeah. Just the comic within the comic maybe is that in the director's cut maybe that's what it is i think the version that i own has that as like a bonus feature oh no you're right yeah yeah that's on like the, the blu-ray extras i think yeah but yeah apparently the remember. director's cut is better but that's just me going off what jb says and he's probably coming off with a poser point of view i don't know <laughs> <laughs> but i will say this for this movie the director's cut is better for little shop of horrors <laughs> And I've not seen the original. <laughs> I'm just going off what you told me. Um, 
wanting to be, you know, if you want a happy mood, I guess, don't want to be, but it doesn't sound like it depresses you. Just oh, it doesn't. It's, it's a crazy ending that just like yeah, elevates it. It makes it better because it has that really dark, weird ending. And then all of a sudden it's a monster movie and it's joyful. Um, and when that, that plant just tears through the screen at the end, it's like Looney Tunes or something. It's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else have I got about this? Um, oh, yeah, that scene, again, really well edited moment when they're working in the shop and time's dragging and it's really well edited and oh, good re- yeah. representation of how when you work in a boring retail job, you're just sort of like, <laughs> yep. it's so well done. We've all been there. Um, do we have any lowlights about this movie? I really don't. No. I mean... No, I don't. I mean, I have maybe a couple. I mean, it's it's a comedy. Obviously, you know what I'm like about comedy, so I'm not the biggest fan of them. So I guess that is is working against it for me. But I've got <laughs> I've got a note here that says it's too bloody. So you know how I'm like queasy about weird things in film <laughs> too bloody <laughs> so terrifier 2 i can deal with you're so weird it sounds ridiculous but the bloodletting in this makes me queasy oh, you know when you know yeah rick morales is actually squeezing blood from his fingertip it makes me feel sick like it makes me wince yeah they mentioned that they said audi- they cut back some of that a little bit uh because they said audiences didn't like that they were okay uh, with you know, people getting hacked up. But oh, yeah, like, that's fine. Like but... a small cut on his finger. Yeah, a pinprick on the finger, no way. That is just so gross. <laughs> how about the fact that when that happens, though, you first... I, I love how you first hear the plant first. You don't see yeah. it moving. <laughs> you hear the... <laughs> <laughs> and then you even see, like, a shadow of it yeah. before you actually see what's going on. It's, for, it's literally foreshadowing that because it looks huge on the shadow. And it's like... yeah. You're going to grow up to be a big, strong plant. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else have we got to say about this, then? We've done... Uh, what, who's your favourite character, then? For me, Seymour. it's Seymour. What about you, Ryan? I, I probably the dentist. I yeah. Mean, so good. It's funny that, like, as a kid, I'm like, oh, he's so cool. Like, Wait a minute. He's, like, <laughs> You're like, He's oh. literally You're a, like, a woman beast. <laughs> And he like a, enjoys it too. He's a drug addict. He's a woman beater, but he looks cool, and he's got the moves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really, oh, I mama. Thought about that until now. I was like, I really thought he was cool as a kid. Like, wait a minute, what's that say about me? Oh God. <laughs> Love it. Um, what else have we got about this? I think we've. Oh yeah, I just wanted to mention that the director's cut. Um, when. Audrey gets captured by Audrey too. Um, it, it, I don't know how far it goes on on the the regular version, but it turns into like a hentai scene for a hot minute. Like, <laughs> it's like what's happening here? Um, uh, yeah, that's still in the yeah yeah because he does put he does put uh, Audrey in his mouth and he mm-hmm. does bite down on her, but she doesn't die. Oh, I see. So, like, he pulls her out, still the same, and she's, like, in pain, but she doesn't die. So that's yeah. all the same, yeah. So she doesn't sing in the in the alleyway in his arms. Right, exactly. No. Yeah. yeah. And cause... then um, that's when uh, Jim Belushi comes up 
and says, and he gives that speech. He's like, oh, I don't mean to interrupt you kids. But uh-huh, right. he, okay. he has the whole thing about the plant uh, or yeah, the little ones. Yeah. Great moment when she, she sings somewhere that's green. It's like a reprise or reprise, however you say that. It's like a little yeah. little version of it. And then um, he carries her over the threshold back into the shop. You know, she's in a wedding dress. And I thought that was a really cool, cool moment. Um, I just like the I'm, fact that she just had a wedding dress just waiting there. I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, how many times <laughs> has she done this before? <laughs> she really wants to get out of Skid Row. <laughs> um, have we got anything else that we want to want to talk about with this? Mm-mm. I think I no. think I've covered I've it all. Oh no, there's there is one one more thing. Um, so somewhere that's green. The first time I heard that, uh, and it ends. Obviously, I was laughing about the the Family Guy version, but okay. the the way that it ends on that cue, I was like, "Hold on, I recognise this 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 music." And I was like, "This is a rip off of the Little Mermaid part of your world, or vice versa." So, what came first? Uh, this came first, yeah. So the the Little Mermaid ripped off that cue at the end. Well, it's it, the same. It's the same. Oh, okay. So they ripped off themselves. <laughs> yeah. Off your world. Yeah, that's how it goes, the end of it. They don't have any original ideas. <laughs> I noticed it, and I'm sure other people have. Um, yeah. By the way, is anyone going to watch the Little Mermaid live-action remake? Yeah, I will. <laughs> I think it looks shite, but that's just me. I, I hate <laughs> on... All the live action Disney remakes. I don't think yeah, see, they're good. I think it looks at all. bad, but not for the reason that all these conservatives are saying that it looks oh, bad. Oh, of course. You know, regardless of the race of yeah. any of these actors, <laughs> like it it would still be bad. <laughs> just, That's not what we're hating on. And I thought it was annoying that they did a commercial for it in the middle of the Oscars, which was already long enough. <laughs> they like drawn it out like, now well, let's show a clip from a movie coming out. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I might watch the Peter Pan one though. I mean, Jude Laura's Hook. I'm intrigued, but what oh, really? they come out of the new Peter Pan? Yeah, that's going straight to Disney Plus though, and um, that's not they getting did, a... uh, Walkin did Hook though. For they did this weird live version. Hmm, I didn't with, see that. Uh, the girl from Girls and Get Out, uh, Allison Williams, she played Peter Pan. Huh. And then yeah, it was Christopher Walken played Hook. Interesting. I mean, no one's going to beat Dustin Hoffman ever, but you know. <laughs> I... All right. Now that's that's a perfect movie. <laughs> so I guess we should do overall thoughts then. Um, um, who wants to go first? You go first, Ashley. What do you think? I about enjoyed it. Overall? It's fun. I'm so, I'm not a huge musical person. Um, so I would probably watch it again if like somebody else wanted to watch it with me, but. It was good. I'm glad that I got to see it. Watch good. watch the director's cut. Find that. I will definitely watch the director's <laughs> yeah, cut. I think you'll like it better if you get that ending. That's what did it for me. Um, for me, overall thoughts, it's an awesome musical. Um, it's one that I will rewatch on the reg. I definitely want to listen to the, the soundtrack as well when I'm driving around because the songs are, as you say, Ryan, bangers. Um, through and through uh, amazing special effects fantastic cast and such an enjoyable viewing um, and it's perfect for any musical fans 
not really essential horror movie fan viewing, but for fans of musicals and awesome puppeteering and comedies and Monster B movies, uh, most definitely. Um, what about you, Ryan? I think you said it all, really. I mean, it's got, <laughs> I don't know, just the fact that, you know, the cameos all in there are amazing. Um, seriously, yeah, songs, amazing. I just, everything about it I love. Um, I really had trouble, because I know you go over with highlights and lowlights, and I was like, I don't really have any lowlights. Yeah. Like, I like it more, it's more hard. every time I see it's it. It's hard to pick it apart, definitely. It's a beautiful film. Love it. Um. Well, thanks again for coming on, dude. We had yeah, a blast. Thank you. And I'll Taft is... You. Oh, he's quiet now. He's Taft okay. is he quiet now. Down. We're in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Calm down. Uh, but yeah, we should probably wrap things up with the episode. Uh, shout out to our wonderful Patreon supporters. Field Mouse, John, Nicole, Ryan. He's right here. Uh, Vincent, Tom, Wade, Ash, Kyle, Oliver, Francesco, and Gina. Thank you so much for your continued support. We love you all, and we hope you're enjoying the bonus content. Um, Ryan, oh, since you're here with us, like, what are you enjoying on the bonus content side? Apart from the uh, I was gonna say, pictures. <laughs> that's, that's what I was going to say. I was like, if you are on the fence about joining the Patreon to see the pictures of you guys, <laughs> totally makes it worth it. Well, so what, terrible. Well, I mean, you can up the the uh, amount. You know, you only ask for a dollar. I think you could ask for more with the pictures because they're just perfect. Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> what Ryan's referring to is the recent um, emo pictures of me and Ashley we've just uploaded on the Patreon for our patrons' eyes only. Um, me and Ashley when we were little goths, emos, whatever you want to say. Um, and yeah, so it's I guess are shameful. we really are we elder millennials? Are we elder emo? Are we elder goth? What are we? <laughs> Geriatric fucking losers. <laughs> 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 oh man! But yeah, Patreon, uh, go throw us a dollar and you can go and laugh at us and enjoy our really great bonus content because we've got loads of extra episodes up on there for you to check out. We've got TV show reviews interviews with all these people from movies we love and um, we're having a blast on there at the moment we've got tons of terrifier 2 content up on there so any terrifier fans you need to go sign up to patreon we've just interviewed um the art department team from the movie we interviewed francesco who played clown cafe kid number four in terrifier 2 and we have a new interview with clown cafe kid number three faye emilo johnson uh, we had a fantastic discussion with them, um, not only about Terrifier 2, but all things about the Hellraiser franchise. We talked about Megan, Knock at the Cabin, and tons of other stuff too. It was a great episode, wasn't it, Ashley? Mm-hmm. So yeah, for sure it was. Go and check that out. Uh, that will be coming up on the Patreon very soon. Um, as for the next episode on here, on the main show, so Kyle's season is officially over. And we will be very soon entering the year of the one. However, before we do that, we have a ghost-faced elephant in the room to discuss. Um, We will finally be talking about Scream 6 with two, possibly three special guests. 
Three. I've not discussed with Ashley yet, but I will after we finish recording. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we've got exciting stuff coming for that episode. I can't wait for that. And Ashley and I have refrained from even sharing our initial thoughts with each other about that movie. So we're desperate to talk about it. I have been very just... <laughs> I haven't even barely even posted anything about it. No. We, yeah, I don't want we, anybody we, to know. We need to hold off a little bit longer and then we can talk about it. Um, but yeah, that episode's going to be fun. So join us for that. That will hopefully be going up on April Fool's Day. All going well. Oh, I hate April Fool's Day. I'm the most <laughs> gullible person. And everybody just loves to take advantage of me on that day. Oh, let me just tell you something really funny about Ashley, about her being gullible. She's going to hate this, but I used to work um, delivering stuff at like a department store. Um, oh, we used Christ. to, you know, the store. <laughs> We used to sell like ridiculous things like giant stuffed animals that I'd have to like deliver. And we had this like giraffe, this stuffed giraffe that was literally about five foot tall. And then um, it was like wrapped up in like cellophane ready to be delivered. And I like, did I say to you, like, I'm having to deliver this, this giraffe today. I took a picture of it. And then I said, yes. I'm going to have to poke holes in the cellophane so it can breathe. And you, you were like, really? You actually look like a real giraffe. <laughs> it looked kind of real. I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's funny. You're the best. <laughs> I'm just an idiot. <laughs> but yeah, um, we'll see you next episode. Uh, as usual, you can find all of our links over at horrorhomeschool.com. Um, links to all the platforms where you can listen to the show our patreon our socials and our merch and thank you again ryan for coming on have you got anything you want to plug or where people can find you uh follow me on letterbox uh rye rye 80 i like to see what everybody's watching yeah you like lists as well don't you rankings yeah. <laughs> and we'll be sharing our our new ranking of the scream franchise very soon i still don't know mine really uh personal social media stuff you can follow me on instagram at chris j wakefield um and me at underscore babraham lincoln underscore we will be back soon with another episode and remember i'm just a mean green mother from outer space <laughs>